Welcome to episode 374 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, where every week I talk about the inner workings of the entertainment industry with those who have lived it and experienced it. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and coming up on today's show is another fascinating and insightful conversation. This one with assistant director and author Tommy Burke. And I met Tommy through a almost like a podcasting matchmaking website, ironically called matchmaker.fm. It's, it works twofold. If you're a podcaster and you're looking for guests to come on your show, then you can search, you know, through various um, genres and whatnot. Or likewise, if you're someone who wants to go on a podcast to promote your work, then you can search for podcasts that, that fit into your genre. So I read Tommy's bio and I was just really blown away by one, the, the raw honesty that I could feel in, in his bio, you know, and and assistant directing is a topic that I haven't really talked about on the show, but it's more than just the job to me. It's, and it's never been about just the job since I started doing this podcast. It's about that human side of it. You know, why did you choose the path that you did? What was your motivation? Um, who was your inspiration? Who inspires you? You know, feeling that that human connection with people that work, you know, in what I consider to be a very fascinating industry. And Tommy's story was uh, really special in the sense that, you know, he's had all this success in the industry. He's worked in it for a long time. And then he was diagnosed with cancer. And back in 2019, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's and he wrote, um, he wrote a book which was called, uh, not just sunglasses and autographs. And as I'm recording this, um, I haven't had a chance to read the book yet, but we are going to have Tommy back on the show to do a deep dive into, you know, some of the stories that are in the book, but I really enjoyed getting to hear, you know, his story. And I, I, applaud him. I applaud anybody who's brutally honest because I think the world needs more of that. But the fact that he was so open about, you know, battling cancer and having Parkinson's is, is, it made me feel almost important in a way because he shared that with me. I don't know if that really matters or not, but that's, that's how I feel about it. But I, I very much appreciated you know, Tommy taking the time and really enjoyed the chat we had, and hopefully you all um, will enjoy it as well. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Tommy Burke. Happy to be here with my very special guest this week, Tommy Burke. Tommy, how are you, sir? Super, and you? Doing fantastic. And I, I've been looking forward to this conversation, you know, ever since we booked it. You know, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, but it feels like yesterday, so um really excited to to have you here to to talk about your career and uh your your most recent book that that you wrote. I'm looking forward to it. So I, I always like to start these conversations, you know, at the beginning because you've been in the TV and film industry for a long time. So what was it that initially made you want to get into the industry in the first place? Well, it's an interesting story. I didn't want to get in. I went to a, a business college because my dad taught there, so I went for free. They said to me, Go to Boston College, get a better school, we'll pay for it. Get a worse school, we'll, you pay for it. So I went to BC. Um, I went through uh, four years. Uh, it's mostly um, 
He said BC film, yeah, chemicals, because Irish Catholic kids, they want to be in shirts and you know, t-shirts, they want to be in suits and ties. So they um they broadcast programming. I went to Vermont to work at a TV station. I was late by day. And I stayed there. I worked in factories, um, lived in a house with no heat in Vermont in the motor. And um they, I came back down and six months later, they said, um, you should be a PA. I didn't know what a PA was. Emerson and BU has all the, the technical kids that uh, um, film. So I was on the set. I didn't know what I was doing. The director said, I never want that guy on the set ever again. I uh, heard a thing about a grip house. Started working at grip house, uh, grip trucks. The director wasn't, didn't, uh, direct the next spot. They knew I was a big guy and they needed stuff to be logged up a hill. So they hired me and I did good. And I started PAing. They said, you want to be an AD, you got to go to LA. I went to LA and cut to the Derek Diamond show. <laughs> uh, that That is really cool in the sense that, you know, I, I, I tell a lot of, you know, local filmmakers here in, in the area where I live that, the best way to learn is to start as a PA. Like, yeah, it's, it may not be the most creative or the most sexy job, but you get to really observe what's going on on set. And if you show your reliability, then it leads to other opportunities. So that's really cool. I was like an inside linebacker, whatever you want, I would get. <laughs> I have in my book, I have plenty of stories about, you know, I PA'd, I screwed up a PA again. You just keep trying. You just keep trying. The book's all about perseverance. No, and, and you have to be in that kind of industry because it's not it's not easy. You know, people see the the glitz and glamour, whether it's, you know, at award ceremonies or red carpet premieres. But there's a whole nother side to that. It, it's like the meme I've seen on uh, on Facebook where you see the top of the iceberg and it says, you know, fame, fortune, money, success. And then under the ocean is perseverance, hard work, sacrifice. So there's you learn very quickly if you can do it or not. I like being a PA. It was a lot of fun. And uh, so you mentioned being an AD and that, that I think is a, like a thankless job. And it's something that I've really rarely talked about on the podcast. So tell the listeners, you know, what goes into, into being an assistant director? Well, I was a unique assistant director. I was in the restaurant business when I got back to Boston. I started working in the restaurant business. I learned how to work with people. Uh, when I go to um, when I was an AD, I went to um, I was out of town, a state that didn't have many, you know, film workers there. I'd hire a waiter or a waitress because they got you got to take people's garbage, you got to move quick, you got to prioritize. An AD is just like a a bouncer. I kept people motivated. I told jokes. Like I was um, I was a different AD. I had a lot of fun doing it. And there's nothing wrong with that because you know when you're on set for you know, 10 to 12, sometimes even longer hours in the day, you got to keep morale high because it's such a grind that the last thing you want is, you know, somebody, you know, jumping down your throat and making it a miserable experience. So that that's cool to hear that, you know, you're a different type of AD where you try to keep, keep morale high. Uh, if you, um, I don't care what you say to me, but it messes with my PA. So I'll, I'll come after you. <laughs> Uh, that that's awesome. So what goes into as far as, you know, like say you, you get an AD job, uh, 
what is the first thing that you start doing in that position? Get the script. Um, I was a TV AD, which is even harder. Because a film AD, I compare it to baseball. You got um you got uh you know, some plays just doubles, triples, and then you have a, a home run. Um, but you can always go to extra innings. TV's like football. Every eight or nine days, there's a new episode. So you can't just, you know, throw it away. You got you to wait. You have another eight directors coming in. So I look at the script and I say, I look for the problems. And um, I schedule in my mind. Um, I, I kind of, you know, say, let's be good inside. I was... I was kind of snarky AD. I, I said, um, uh, why don't we shoot this inside? I always try to make it schedule. I as since I was crew, I was a key grip and a set dresser. I thought of the crew. So if we didn't shoot a walking scene, I mean the last show was um with Chicago PD. And if we'd have to shoot a walking scene at night in January, I try to come up with some cute way to have it endorse. Um, but you, it's all about the script and making it uh logistics work for you absolutely no without no script there's there's no show there's no movie that's that's really where it all starts and you mentioned problem solving and, and normally i i associate that with you know a, a producer but yeah I, I guess in a sense you know it, an assistant director is one that also you know helps find potential you know issues because th those always pop up so it, would you say that's accurate i say producers I'm the, the ADs that do the real work. I mean, I'm a little partial. Producers, I always say, are like, um, they're like a third burst coach. They're just outside going, come on, Bobby. Come on, Bobby. <laughs> the ADs are right in the middle. And the crew, the grip electric, they're in the middle of it, too. Oh, absolutely. No, in the, in the few shorts that I've worked on, I've really gained an appreciation for grips and PAs because they're the ones that – you know, a couple of months ago, I was on a a set here, and of course, it's you know in Florida, so the the heat is terrible, and some of the scenes are outside, and you know the grips are you know setting up, you know all kinds of gear and whatnot, and just seeing them pouring sweat just really makes you appreciate what they do. Oh God bless! I just that's why I got uh, I could have been a grip uh, a friend of mine, a uh, a big time DB that you've heard of, but I won't mention his name. I'll tell you afterwards. Um, he would have made me a grip. I just, I was, when I was a PA, I was always, I was a big guy. I was, you know, setting up this, setting up that. I didn't want to be 54 years old, you know, setting lucky things. No, no, that's totally understandable. But I was at AD. I, um, one of the things that did me the crew is I jump in and help move things. Yeah. I'm not an AD that stands by and just points and yells at people. Well, and that, that proactive attitude really can, I'm sure, is why you've had such a successful career. Yeah, I was um, I uh, was doing good, and then um, I was uh, um, uh, what's the what's the director um the producer for Top Gun, Brock Hammer, Brock Hammer, yeah. I was going to shoot, and there was a, a lump under my uh, my uh, my collarbone, and um, they tested it. They did another pilot. They tested it. I had Hodgkin's cancer. Oh my! I didn't God. want to give up. I didn't want to give up the, the the film, the show. So I was doing eight hours a week and doing chemo at midnight. 
again the next day wow. and, and uh, baiting again. That's insane. How, I can't like fathom handling that physically. People say I, I am I am insane. I mean that that just shows like your dedication to your craft. Uh, that's that's loyalty among you know loyalty that I've never heard of. Well, that, that, that's that's no I, joke. I shoot a book Yeah, you know, I, I didn't want to pass that up. Yeah, and and you know I totally understand that. So, uh, how did you like mentally get through that? Was it just the fact that of the opportunity that you were given? Because you well, know like I, a, I've had relatives that have had chemo, and I I, I know that it, it's no joke. So, what what kept you going through well, that? My my college said I could probably handle it, but it expected to do eight hours of work a week with sometimes ninety degree weather. Um. So um, I just it was like um, most things you just bite-sized pieces it was every two weeks so uh the thursday before chemo i sneak off the set get my white blood cell count checked uh chemo hits you watchers chemo hits you day a day later not next day so i go thursday night 24 chemo place in la and so i didn't mean friday uh friday and i would just sleep all all weekend wow that's insane. Is that kind of where the you started thinking of the idea of your book? What do you mean? Like when you were doing chemo, was it, I don't want to say like a mortality thing, but what, what was it that kind of gave you the inspiration to, to do your, to do your book? I'll drop another big one on you. I, uh, I got Parkinson's. Oh my God. So uh, I went on disability I don't have a wife or kids or a job, so I just started writing the book. Wow. And uh and the book is called uh, Not Just Sunglasses and Autographs. And it's so is it a combination of like your life story and also being like a perseverance, um, like motivational also, type there's of book? plenty of stories. Um um I was in Mexico and surrounded by bigaroons and all that stuff. Um I have a lot of funny stories too. It's very, it's very, people say it's very, um, it's like sitting next to me at a bar talking to me. It's very casual. And that, that's the best kind of book too, is where you can, and I, I've read some of the, you know, like, I won't say reviews, but, you know, comments that people had made at the beginning of the book that were talking about their, you know, their opinion of it. And that was one that, that really jumped out at me is that it was when they were reading it, they felt like it was you talking to them. And I think those are the best kind of books that are kind of like the the biographical or even the the self-help or motivational type of books where you feel like the person sitting next to you talking to you as opposed to getting lectured. I wouldn't know what to like. I wouldn't know how to lecture. <laughs> no, but that's that that's a good thing though. So how how long did it take you to write the book? A couple of years. Um um I I wake up in the middle of the night. I remember, oh, that story. I, I'd um, take my iPad and um, the cow story. I remember the cow story. I put the subject line and email it to myself, so I can remember the next day. Yeah, I've I've been there too. You know, especially with script ideas. You know, I'll either right before I go to bed or I'll wake up in the middle of the night and think, oh, that's a great idea, and then I'll I try to keep like a little notepad next to my bed and I'll 
you know, just jot it down and and go back to sleep. What so. kind of scripts you write? What are the scripts you write? Um, I I've only written two. The first one I wrote was a um like a family drama that I wrote um back in 2017, and then my most recent one is about a um a, a guy who quits his dead end job to become a filmmaker, but it's also got a bit of a romantic comedy kind of twist to it, and it's um in the festival circuit right now it is actually going to be playing at the the chinese theater in a couple of weeks at the LA. silicon beach film festival yeah scared of you hmm? it's a comment scared of you yeah no it's uh it was one that i was not expecting at all but you know when i what's cool is the festival director actually called me and told me that it got accepted that's cool did you direct it mm-hmm. yeah that's i cool. I directed both um, both shorts that um, that I wrote, and then I've I've worked on as sound on a short a few years ago, and then I actually just wrapped the rough cut of the short that I was talking about earlier that we filmed here a couple of months ago. Um, I produced it, and I also am am working on the edit. So, were you uh, pissed at me when I said producers do nothing? Oh no, no, I I I don't take stuff like that personally. You know, I I'm. I learned very early on that, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, if you take life too seriously, it's going to be miserable. How long was the, uh, the, the second uh, short you did? It's um, just under 20 minutes. Um, I want to ask more questions, but I don't, I don't want to give it away. I don't want you to, um, I'll, I'll send it to you. So I have your email now, so I'll, I'll send it to you if you want to watch okay, it. Cool. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah. It's got a few more, waiting on a few more entries in the um in the festival circuit i know it's going to be playing in tampa in a few a few months so that won't be as far of a trek as los angeles but um yeah it played in jacksonville um and hopefully hopefully a few more places before it wraps up i did a couple of films in mobile alabama oh really cool which uh which ones um no i i'm i'm blanking um are you writing your next? Are you not writing your next script? Yeah. So, um, we've my wife and I. So my my wife and I got married um, about a year and a half ago, and then she read the script for um, for the feature, which you can see the poster uh, behind me. That's the most recent one that's that's still in festivals, and uh, she helped me tweak the dialogue, and she ended up um, being script supervisor, and she also did the edit for the movie and she had never edited anything before and she, she before she married you mm -mm. no she she didn't even know that it was something that she enjoyed doing and then she was on set for you know for my short and she she got the itch as we would say remember godfather three once i get out they pull me back in just when i think i'm out they pull me back yeah. in. yeah so and and i learned you know firsthand because i had um uh, my good friend Steve Wise, who's been kind of my my filmmaking mentor, um, he he was part of the inaugural film class at the University of Central Florida many years ago, and he was my AD for both. So I I really gained uh, an appreciation for that position. Uh, you still talk to him? Is he an AD by trade? He's primarily a writer. He he directed the Walker, the short that that we filmed uh, here a couple of months ago. And um, yeah, he asked me to come on as as a producer and I, I'd been wanting to get more editing experience with film. And 
he gave me the the opportunity to do it. So that's so cool. And it's it's so great, you know, because you never really know, and I'm sure you've experienced this too in in your career. You never know what chance meeting will lead to to all these opportunities. Because he and I met like a decade ago at a at a meet and greet, and we've been friends ever since. And the book I tell uh, being a doorman at the Improv in Santa Monica, mm-hmm. by Chicago PD. Wow. Because I was a doorman and there was a director there. Um, they shoot evening at the improvs a long time ago. You get the improvs, I said, the director, hire me. I'm an AD. I used to bother him. So he brought me in for an infomercial. Uh, I worked on uh, an infomercial company. Uh, I met some people. I'm trying to really truncate it. And um, uh, one of the guys also at the, um, at the improv became a, an accountant. His friend, um, his childhood friend was an accountant. They pulled me in for Crash. Uh, on Crash, the, the producer was, in, was interviewing me. They said, um, it was a TV series. He said, uh, it's nothing like the, the film. And I said, I never saw the film. I don't, don't lie. Don't lie. It's the biggest thing. Um, I Once one guy interviewed, they said to me, what's the first thing you do? We go on a set. I said, I walked over Craft Service. I mean, don't don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah, exactly. Life will be so much better if you don't. That's what I, I try to tell people because I've had I've worked with some people that, you know, they'll they'll freak out over the smallest detail, and I'm like, it's it's fine. Don't don't worry yourself too much. You will be a whole lot happier in life if if you don't. Bas or or over the distressing i said no, take it easy you got the job yeah exactly so what um what's next for you do you have um you know any other projects that you're currently working on or maybe another book the book oh, oh god it's been tough i will i will do another book so it gives me a, a signed contract uh it was so tough i'm pushing the book um I directed a, a friend of mine has got ALS. I directed a promo piece for his, his charity event. Um, doing podcasts, just it's getting the word out. Yeah, and it, it was really cool the way we actually connected was that there's a, a podcasting website called Matchmaker.fm, and you can it, it's it works both ways. You could either look to be on other shows to promote your work like you're doing, or you can be a podcaster and try to find guests. And I, you know, I read your bio on the website and it just seemed really fascinating to me. So, you know, again, thank you for, for coming on to, to share your story. And I, I really am looking forward to reading your book. And I, I, I talked with another filmmaker a few weeks ago and he wrote a book that's similar in the sense that it's like a, a motivational type book. You know, the circumstances are different, but I think more filmmakers and those that have worked in the business should write more books because you get so many fascinating stories from the industry, not just funny ones, but great life lessons as well. A friend of mine, um, someone wanted to get the film business. He gave, he gave the guy a book. He said, if you get through this, if you're ready for all this, you can do it. Cause I don't, I don't pull any punches. I tell all about it. You know, and that, think, that's what you should do. I don't, I don't think you have cancer. Well, you're, well, you, we get into film production, but 
Well, and but, but still, I think the fact that you are so brutally honest is refreshing. It's, especially it's my boss. The, it's my boss in this. Yeah. Boss. Yeah. No, under understandable. Uh, but do you have a, a website or um, social media that you'd like to plug so the listeners can follow you? And where can people find your book? Uh, on Amazon. And it's it's just simple. TommyBurke.com. It doesn't Fantastic. get easier than that. Fantastic. I have a lot of pictures of myself with a lot of uh, famous stars, too. Yeah, no, I, I saw you. Uh, was it Dennis Hopper you were smoking a cigar with? Yeah. I'm like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Well, Tommy, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. This was great. Thanks for having me. Thank you again to Tommy Burke for that fantastic conversation. Be sure to visit his website, TommyBurke.com. You can find the link in the show notes and check out his book, Not Just Sunglasses and Autographs. Really looking forward to having Tommy back on the show to do a deep dive uh, into the book itself. But um, as far as what will be coming up next week on the podcast, it is the return, the long-awaited return. I've been having people asking me, when are you going to do another top five list? It will be coming back next week, and we're going to be doing top five movies from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I've done a few MCU-related lists, but not ever just straight up top five favorite movies. It's going to be pretty darn challenging if I do say so myself um, maybe I'll try to get a guest on to um, do their top five list as well uh, we'll have to see how the schedule goes because um, as you're hearing this I'm actually in Los Angeles attending the Silicon Beach Film Festival and I mentioned it in last week's show that you know the feature is going to be playing there this upcoming Wednesday at noon Pacific time so if you're in the Los Angeles area and you want to check out the movie, you can head over to SiliconBeachFilmFestival.com to get your tickets. I'll include a link to that in the show notes as well. Or if you're a filmmaker that's attending and you happen to hear this, then you know don't be afraid to say hi. My wife Samantha and I are there. Uh, we're looking forward to networking with you know as many filmmakers as we possibly can because we want to keep doing it. You know we've we've got a few other ideas that are in the works. Um, so we're, we're definitely in it for the long haul as, as they would say, but as far as the podcast goes, if you want to subscribe to the show, if you want to subscribe to me on YouTube or follow the podcast on social media, head over to linktree.com slash D diamond podcast. Everything Derek diamond experience related is in one simple location, linktree.com slash D diamond podcast. And if you could please leave a review rate and review the podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcast app that you choose, uh, the more reviews and ratings that the show gets, the more visible it is to those that are searching you know, for specific podcasts, like in this case, um, filmmaking or entertainment podcast. It really helps out a lot. It only takes a minute of your time. And the best part is it doesn't cost anything. Pretty fantastic, right? But that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you once again to Tommy Burke. And we'll see you guys back here next Monday for top five movies from the Marvel Cinematic Universe on episode 375 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. <laughs>